Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living, uh, with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us via podcasts, and for those of you that can access uh, NPR, the Treasure Coast, 88.9 FM, WQCS. Um, as always, we have a wonderful guest in the studio, and I'm so fortunate to have Mr. David McClymont. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Um, you know, he is the Chief Executive Officer, CEO of the Palm Beach Symphony as well as the executive director. <laughs> so all business at hand. You, know, you take care of all hands on deck. You make it what it is today, and you've brought it t- through um, this this tragic time of a health pandemic. Uh, health, you know, what, what do we call it? just been an upheaval for families. It's been an upheaval for businesses. And all through it, you've managed to supply the community at large um, with the beauty of music and the healing power of music. Um, not only that, have you survived, but you've thrived and you have um, exposed more and new people to the importance of symphonic presentations. Thank you for doing that. Um, it's so important. And um, tell us a little bit about you know, how long you've been doing this and, and what drove you to be so aggressive in this field sure well music. first of all thank you for giving me the opportunity yeah our journey started seven years ago mm-hmm. and I joined the symphony seven years ago at that time we did a needs analysis to identify two things one is the mission relevant yeah and number two are we living up to it so when we looked at the mission we realized we were to engage educate and entertain what we quickly realized that was we were not doing very much in the world of education so we went on a very aggressive campaign to identify where are the needs within the county we quickly realized that there were schools like Belvedere Elementary School that had 20 brand new violins, but nobody to teach them. Mm. Conservatory School of North Palm Beach, which is right up the road from the station here, needed a cello for a student. And yeah. we quickly started to identify those needs and try to fill the holes in the Swiss cheese with starting our educational right. outreach campaign. Fast forward to today, and you're right, we just came off our 46th 
anniversary season where we had a record-breaking season, broke all kinds of box office records, subscription records. Yeah. We raised $1 million at the gala at the Breakers Jeez. in February of last Jeez. year. Wow. And then March comes, we just concluded a planned giving seminar, and we quickly realized we may not be able to continue with our season. So what mm -hmm. we did was we mobilized. I'm a huge believer that data drives decisions. Okay. And we wanted to better understand, we have about 45,000 people in our constituent database. What do they think? What do they feel? So before we went out and made any hasty decisions as to what we would do for the remainder of last season, mm -hmm. and then to even reimagine what we would do in this season, we wanted to get a breath of the market, if you will. So we surveyed all of our donors, and our donors said that they would be comfortable with continuing to sustain the notes of our mission in some form or fashion. And we began to reimagine. And that was what allowed us to cast out the season that we have this year, yeah. where we were hosting five Masterworks concerts. We still have all of the major guest artists that we had planned before COVID hit. And we decided to work with uh, some very smart people in the business. Sinclair is one of our corporate partners. So we did six televised holiday concerts, Sounds of mm. Season. Mm. And that for us was really a game changer. That was sort of a catalyst, if you will, because it educated our constituents that it's okay temporarily to watch the symphony on TV. Right. Yeah. And we for us, you know, that was it. that was critical because then that happened in December. It started off as just one televised concert. Mm -hmm. The ratings were so good on CBS 12 and the rest of their stations yeah. that that allowed us to continue with six more or five more, I should say. From there, we went into a concert on January 24th at the Kravis Center. We had 20 states watch and we had three countries people actually chatting from Colombia and Germany mm -hmm. so that was sort of interesting and then what we did again was just try to better understand the data what is the data telling us in terms mm -hmm. of people that are watching throughout the country yeah. we surveyed what did you like what did you not like a really interesting thing that we did was we surveyed our major donors and we said are you comfortable with coming if we have a very small number of people that could come and watch in person if not would you be willing to watch at home and many of them said no and the reason they said no is because there was this misconception that no, the only no way... No in person or no in... No in person and actually no virtually. Wow. Because their paradigm was that the only way that they could watch Enjoy, yeah. would be on a phone yeah. or a laptop. Oh, I see. And they see. said, we just don't want to watch on a phone or a laptop. So, yeah. of course, we educated them as to, listen, there's many different ways that you can actually use devices right. to watch us perform at the Kravis Center virtually right. on your TV. And then the more we started to educate them, the more they became comfortable. Another thing that we did that was sort of interesting, part of our membership model with our major donors was we would have these exclusive dinners before or after the concerts. Mm -hmm. They would either be at the Colony, Cafe Balloud, really nice places, the Breakers. Obviously, we can't do that mm -hmm. in the middle of COVID. So we partnered with three local restaurants, the Colony Hotel, Cafe Chardonnay, and 1000 North, mm -hmm. and said, would you deliver food to the donors while they're watching the concert at home? Oh, wow. That's and then from an educational standpoint, we have not missed a beat. Huh. We've donated almost 40 <laughs> instruments this season. We just yeah. hosted our free children's concert virtually. When, when they watched, were they able to watch with other people? I, I, you know, I, 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 Zoom obviously skyrocketed in far, as far as popularity. And I knew um, patients who would tell me, oh, I have a, a baby shower, a virtual Zoom baby shower tonight <laughs> to attend. Or, you know, and they would all have their cocktails or wine. Or, but it would be virtual. So this need for social interaction um, was being filled virtually. And then the need for music, which is, you know, I don't think people contribute how much, uh, really can see how much music contributes to life and health and well-being. 
So not only socially, like we attend concerts, and there's people who religiously attend concerts and jam band festivals and da 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 da, and all that just went away for a year, like no warning, just poof. So here we are with symphonies, and that is a religious experience for a lot of people, where they continually attend them, and so now you gave them this virtual option. And some of the technology, obviously, like you said, is foreign to certain age groups and demographics. So you had to educate them. And and were they able to get together? Did you know that there were some parties being formed? Did you get did you get some feedback on that? We did. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. So one of our former board members that lives yeah. up here in the North County yeah. of Palm Beach County was one of the ones that was very reluctant to watch virtually. She okay. just didn't feel that she'd be able to. So she watches, she has the dinner from 1000 North and she sends me an email saying that I invited over my stepdaughter, I invited over my sister. We had three or four people in the house and even my dog was laying on its back with its paws up in the air and that's how much all of us enjoyed the performance. Mm. So you know, to us that sort of signified that we were able to reimagine the season. We were able to continue to sustain the notes of our mission right. and do so in a creative yet safe environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and, and, I, and I appreciate you asking the question about health and well-being. Yeah. What we just launched as a continuation of our expanding educational outreach was a program called Nurturing Notes. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we go into the children's hospital and we work with kids that are obviously in there for a wide variety of reasons to provide them with entertainment, even get yeah. coaching sessions. Right. So you're right. You know, music, regardless of the genre, plays a really big part in all of our lives. Yeah. I, you know, in the... Uh, schools, you know, I, I grew up in New York and my first and only experience with an instrument was granted to me by donated uh, trombone. <laughs> so, of all things, you know, of course you grow up, you want to play guitar or, or drums or piano, but we didn't have that. We had a bunch of trombones and, you know, other things like that, big band instruments. And so I learned, you know, the positions of a trombone. And then, of course, earlier on was the recorder. Um, then fast forward, I, I, you know, I was hired by a, an agency or, or foundation called Center for Creative Education. And uh, that's how I was able to support my family and go through school, uh, the schooling, in, which led me to what I do now. Um, so we, this uh, foundation became huge and because it hired artists to go in and fill this like you said, the holes in the Swiss cheese, and which became larger and larger as arts were removed from schools. How are you? How is the Palm Beach Symphony working to really expand that and aware that awareness that it's not only the arts are important, but the arts as far as music needs to be really paid attention because without that, children, children playing first of all, they contribute a lot of crime committing and all of these sort of uh, growth deficiencies without playing. But then you take away music and so, so to me playing and playing music and connecting with that sort of area of the arts is extremely important. So how are you working to fill that and how can people help the Palm Beach Symphony to do that? Like I mentioned, it started seven years ago when we donated our first cello to yeah. the Conservatory School at North right. Palm. From there, we've now donated over 250 right. instruments to kids okay, in Palm so Beach County. We yeah. have a phenomenal relationship with the county. Right. There are so many stories that I could share with you, but one that comes to mind is Valentina Pellucci. Okay. So Valentina Pellucci was a junior at Dreyfus School of the Arts. 
She played violin. She had an old violin. She wanted to go audition for a lot of different conservatories and universities throughout the country, but she didn't have the confidence to be able to go audition with a high-level instrument. We have a program called the Lisa Bruna B Major Award, which each year we award three instruments to children that are looking to matriculate into conservatories or universities. She auditioned throughout a countywide audition process. She won. Mm. We gifted her the $7,500 violin. She goes and auditions for six universities and conservatories throughout the United States of America. That's amazing. Juilliard, Curtis, Peabody, New England Conservatory, University of Miami. She gets into all six. No. We go meet with her after and we say, wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) She said, I could not have done it without you and the violin. Now, whether that's real or not, it doesn't matter. I would say it's it's her paradigm. It has to be absolutely real. As to the confidence that she has. Now, fast forward, she goes, she selects... University of Miami, which is where our maestro, Gerard okay. Schwartz, is the director of orchestral music. Yeah. He then says to her, when she's in the middle of class, would you like to be our guest artist for the Sounds of Season concert? <laughs> so for the six concerts that we did on yeah. CBS 12 and through Sinclair, she right. was the guest artist. Yeah. So it's stories like that that Full really shows us and, yeah. the significance of the impact that we're making yeah. with being able to donate these instruments, do these coaching sessions, master classes, where our musicians are going into schools. We do about 250 hours a year mm. of our principal players going yeah. into Title I schools and working one-on-one with teachers and students. Yeah. If, if someone were to ask you, what is the magic of, of symphony-based uh, music or, or performances how would you explain it? What, how does it differ? You know, why would someone go to that type of performance? I think there are many layers to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's one definitive answer. I yeah. think it means something different to each person. Yeah. I think of a person that became the board chair for the Detroit Symphony, who's one of our donors, yeah. but didn't listen to classical music until he was 46 years old. And he was training for a marathon, and someone suggested that to get him into a peaceful state of mind and to be able to focus on his cadence and his run and his stride, maybe you should listen to classical music. As a result of that, him being introduced to that, he became board chair of the Detroit Symphony for eight years. So I think it means different things to different people. For us, we realize that there's a tremendous health benefit to it. Not only that, but it's also very educational. I mean, this goes Mm -hmm. back hundreds of years in terms of history that mm-hmm. then integrate into art and mm-hmm. a wide variety of different art forms. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking to a patient yesterday, and she looks forward to the um, to going to the ball season in Austria. And they do it the old-fashioned way, like where you go in a carriage, a horse-drawn carriage, and it's very, you dress up, and there's dancing that goes along with these performances uh, by very famous symphonies, right? Uh, so, or orchestral pres- presentations, I should say. Now, I think, you know, wh- one thing we agreed on is in the United States, as far as we can tell, that is not present. You don't have this formality of the ball and the dancing and the, you know, and the music that goes along with it, um, the classical, and the, it, and it's such a beautiful showing of, uh, of, of people's melding and way to come together in such a, in a gorgeous way that y- you would think that we should have more of that. And we have the venues and we have people that take dance classes at Fred Astaire schools and so forth and so on. And we have these amazing orchestras and classically trained musicians. So at some point you would think we should probably do that. <laughs> I agree with you. It's interesting. If you look at the big music festivals that we have in the country, yeah. you have Aspen, you yeah. have Ravinia in Chicago, yeah. you have Tanglewood, yeah. three to name. 
It reminds me of when I was in Europe and I went to Bavaria about 15 years ago and they yeah. had the Passion Plays, yeah. to your point, yeah. right? So yeah. for the Passion Plays in Bavaria, the entire town participates. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is in the play. Yeah. And they have some role that's in the play. So it speaks to your point. Maybe that's an opportunity for us as we continue to evolve as a country yeah. to try to figure out how we integrate. Now, I will say that we're very passionate about that. And we've done free waterfront concerts mm -hmm. on the Meyer Amphitheater with the ballet and with different organizations. And I do know that the other arts organizations are also very passionate about figuring out how we continue to collaborate. Yeah. So, yeah, tapping into the local dance place. I mean, what better place than Palm Beach, you know? We have so many amazing venues. And like I said, there are tons of great dancers. This this lady, she tours in uh, this patient of mine, and she's, I think, in her 70s. And nimble and spry and amazing and gorgeous and classy and all those things that so many other people, we have these hidden treasures that would love to have a chance to not just perform you know, professionally on, on stage, but just to attend a ball. <laughs> so I, I would like to see that happen. I would like to be able to go to that. I would like to be able to dress up and 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 dance. And I too, I I have a history of ballet, and I've performed ballet for many years in community theater. And uh, even at forty six, I would drop a few pounds to get into a tux and, <laughs> and waltz around a gorgeous room. Um, so there is something to speak about the healing and bringing together of different cultures and social um, different social status, which really creates a tremendous community and um, globally. I mean, because people would fly in for that. So hopefully, we can see that happen. Um, tell us about a, a bit about your musical director, because he's a very impressive person. He's incredible. So Meister Gerard Schwartz has been with us for almost two years now. He spent 30-plus mm -hmm. years in Seattle, yeah. helped really turn Seattle into the world-class orchestra they are today, uh, heavily involved with the Mozart Festival in New York. He's head of the Eastern Music Festival in mm -hmm. North Carolina, 14 Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. He's just incredible. A lot of people don't realize he was principal trumpet in the New York Phil mm -hmm. many, many years ago. So not only a brilliant music director, truly, yeah. in terms of his artistic abilities, but he's also a very highly trained musician as well. Mm. And he's taken us to n new levels. You know, it's been very interesting. We were sort of on the ascend, if you were to look at a sort of like a chart pattern, right, where we were growing leaps and bounds, but we hit a bit of a plateau in terms of artistic excellence. So when we look back each year and we looked at the metrics of what we felt were important mm. each year, we realized that the artistic direction wasn't in line with some of the other things that we were doing and now that we have him it's been amazing Good. you know some of the guest artists that we now have are as a result of him having relationships with these individuals where he played with them mm. and he picks up the phone and says you know hey Vladimir you want to come play <laughs> with us and Vladimir says sure Palm Beach why not exactly what are some of your favorite pieces I mean you know I've seen and and doesn't have to get this crazy but you want you know searching for music performances, that virtual gratification, so to speak, because we couldn't attend concerts. I remember sitting one night and watching on PBS Metallica with a symphony, and that just, I couldn't, I was glued. I mean, it was just the most amazing thing to me. Um, and, and obviously them playing songs that I loved, but seeing it connecting with this huge, huge symphony. What are some of your favorite performances. It's interesting you mentioned that because NetJets is one of our corporate partners. Okay. And NetJets was sponsoring the San Francisco Symphony yeah. with 
Metallica. Right. Okay. So yeah. two years ago, I had the unbelievable opportunity to bring my son and my daughter yeah. out to the Chase Center in San Francisco and not only watch them, but be among a hundred people to watch them rehearse. Right. So it speaks to that. For me personally, it's performances mm -hmm. like that because I love all genres. As it relates to orchestral music and symphonic music, a couple of my favorites, we were thrilled to be able to do Beethoven 9, yeah. where we partnered with Palm Beach Atlantic and a couple other choirs. For us, that was a really big deal. We did Mahler three or four years ago. Mm. We did the Firebird Suite mm. with Stravinsky. And, mm. and uh, for us, that was memorable. Um, the other thing that uh, this sort of music can give to us is again bringing people together i remember uh, with a patient I, sh I share music music is part of my healing process so there's always music playing in my treatment rooms and also sometimes when i do home visits which became even more popular um during the the health crisis that we've, we're coming through now is uh is going to a lot of these patients homes and treating them but and of course you get into conversations and you try to create a, an atmosphere that's very similar to what i like to and call a healing place, which is what I've created in my office, my offices. Now, uh, one thing I did was I was talking about soul, and 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 um, and James Brown came up. And believe it or not, this patient who's very learned did not know about James Brown. So I said, okay, but she knew Pavarotti. She's a big opera fan. She didn't know that Pavarotti and James Brown had performed with a <laughs> full orchestra. Um, and I showed her that performance, and it just opened her eyes. And it was a, it was the performance of a ma it's a man's world with Pavarotti and mm -hmm. James Brown, yeah, really tremendous. So so that's the other thing that this can do, and um, it, it sounds like you're working towards that is bringing the worlds together because it's that sort of those sort of collaborations with classical music and soul music and ja you know even you know jazz musicians look to musicians like Mozart. You know, a lot of they see these connections. The true, you know, essence of music is universal and not classified. You know, so even when I heal, I explain what I do as a symphony of healing because I'm putting together different instruments, which are my healing modalities, um, to achieve a desired goal, which is holistic. And that's what music can do. And I think there's nothing like sitting and hearing all of these different instruments come together to create this beautiful emotion. Um, Two things real quick. You're absolutely correct. And it's very fascinating because if you look at music, a lot of hip hop, mm -hmm. they get a lot of their drum beats yeah. from old original music. Yeah. And whether it be sampling, James Brown yeah, or yeah. it be Elvis yeah. or sampling, right? Yeah. One of the things. Or Ray Charles, who, you know. He, he was a big, he changed a lot of music because he started to record with full, you know, orchestras. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, classical trained orchestras. Going back to education and why education is so important to us. Seven years ago, we looked at a couple of really important metrics. One was, what's our target market? Mm. At the time, it was about 1.3 million people that lived in Palm Beach County. Right. So that's utopia. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to get all 1.3 million involved, but you have to start with reaching for the stars. Right. Um, we had 2,000 people. After 46 years of business, we had 2,000 people in our constituent database. Take a wild guess what the average demographic was mm. for the 2,000. It was 78. Okay. So you've got 1.5 million people, or 1.3 at the time, that live right. in Palm Beach County. Right. You have only 2,000 of the 1.3 million, right. and the average age is 78. Right. right. So it doesn't matter what your product or service is, you're not going to be able to sustain that. No. So yeah. we quickly realized, and this is what embarked us on our educational campaign, we have to figure out how we can start filling the voids 
in the community with yeah. educational outreach. Yeah. We did a great job for the first couple of years with children K through 12. Mm. But then what about somebody that's 18 to 60? Yes, yeah. There's that's a huge. massive void. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do we do there? Right. So we decided about four or five years ago to create a young friends group. Okay. And we went to about 15 people in the community that were all business leaders. And we said, would you be interested in founding this young friends group? We put together a series of five very unique, very fun events. And what we learned over time is exactly what you just said, is that with a little education, they can really come to appreciate yeah. the music. So now I have a board member who's 36 years old. He's a wealth director at J.P. Morgan. We'll take a trip up to New York and play golf in the Adirondacks. And he'll listen to a wide variety of music now, including yes. symphony orchestral music. Sixth grade for me, Doc, uh, Mr. Ostlander, he exposed me to the G commercial. He says, do you know what that's? Uh, it was a Pachelbel Cannons Overture in D. Everyone knows the piece, but it was GE commercial. He says, you know the piece, this is classical. You love this, you love classical music. And we went on to watch Amadeus about Mozart and all that. Um, upcoming events is, and, and how to reach Palm Beach Symphony. So we have our upcoming concert on April 19th at the Kravis Center. We also have a watch party for our gala mm -hmm. on that same night at six o'clock that will take place in the Cone Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Following that, we'll go into the Kravis Center at Trifus Hall and watch Julian Schwartz, who is Maestro Schwartz's son, mm -hmm. who is a very accomplished cellist. We wrap up our season on May 22nd at the Kravis Center. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on the 19th, we'll also be announcing our 2021-2022 season. All the information's on our website at www.palmbeachsymphony.org. Wow. Well, there's so much to be said about the beauty of music, the healing power of it, the social, the need to be social again, and uh, the void that you're filling for our generations to come. Thank you for doing that. This has been uh, David McClymont, uh, Palm Beach Symphony CEO and Executive Director, and this has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. Thank you for joining us. Any portion of the show you've missed, you can find uh, via all podcasts. Just search Maximum Health Media. See you next time.